Songwriter, artist Brett Denon. I was first introduced to Brett last year. He was on tour for his Lyft series playing in Aspen at the Belly Up. He also had just partnered up with Protect Our Winters, a nonprofit that has been a big part of my life for the past 10 years. Through my sponsor, Aspen Ski Co., I was asked to show up and be a part of this Music on the Mountain production, where basically Brett was going to be filmed playing one of his songs while we rode up Aspen Mountain in the gondola. And it was my job to introduce him and briefly talk about Protect Our Winters before he played. I actually didn't know who Brett was at the time, but after looking him up, I realized I knew his music. So the song he played that day was Stand Up For It. I had never heard the song, and if you haven't, do yourself a favor and go listen to it now, or at least after you listen to this podcast. I know that it's not every day that a person gets to be serenaded in a gondola by someone of Brett's talent, but the song and his lyrics literally brought tears to my eyes. Besides that, we also got to get up on the mountain and take some turns together, and he's not only a talented musician, singer, songwriter, but he's also a ripping skier and a really thoughtful human being. I mean, the guy has virtually created his own touring experiences, where in the winter he combines playing music with his passion for skiing, and then he does meetups and activations with Protect Our Winters around climate change, giving people a real call to action that they can literally do right then and there, giving everyone a sense of connection and empowerment which to me is a very revolutionary thing, combining music and activism and skiing. So that tour is called the Lift Series. And then in the summer, he's done a similar thing called the Vacationer Series, which is basically the summer equivalent, where he goes and he hits up little vacation destinations along the East Coast, playing music, doing beach cleanups, surfing, and having fun out in the water in the summertime. So when I found out that he was gonna be back in Aspen for the Lift Series tour once again, I decided that he had to come on the show to talk about some deep and meaningful things. Luckily for me and for everyone listening, he agreed. Hi everyone, I'm Olympic snowboarder Gretchen Blyler. Welcome to the art of living extraordinarily where I dive deep into the stories of those who have had the courage to blaze their own trails. We learn the deeper motives that drive these individuals, how they face fears, the challenges and obstacles they've faced, how they get through them, and the biggest lessons that they've learned along the way to living their dreams. In this podcast, we talk about things like how Brett became a rock star in the first place, his thoughts on where creativity comes from, his latest mantra that he's working on living by, how his number one rule as a songwriter is to be truthful, and how he actually uses his art to help him become more comfortable with communicating, being intimate and opening up and sharing with others and fitting in because that hasn't always been so easy for him. Before we get into it with Brett, I first wanna give a shout out to the sponsors that make this podcast possible. Thank you, Alex Supply Co., which is a sustainable lifestyle company I started with my husband. Alex actually was founded when Chris found himself standing over a sink full of smelly, reusable water bottles, incredibly frustrated because these things are impossible to clean, especially when you put smoothies and lemon water in them like we do. That's when an idea hit him. Let's create a reusable water bottle that opens in the middle so you can actually clean it out. Makes sense, right? 
Just like that, with one small change, a massive problem was solved. And because we truly believe it's our everyday choices that add up to an extraordinary life, the name Alex stands for Always Live Extraordinarily. Besides Alex Bottle, we've recently released some other new incredible reusable products to help you live sustainably on the journey towards living your extraordinary. And right now, you can get 20% off on your purchase at alexbottle.com with code GRETCHEN. This episode is also sponsored by Dragonfly June Kombucha. Dragonfly June is an organic, effervescent, probiotic tea that is absolutely delicious. It's literally my favorite drink right now. My good friend Jacqueline launched this company, and her June is handcrafted in the Aspen Roaring Fork Valley in small batches, using high-quality organic ingredients and local Colorado honey. Kombucha is everywhere these days because it's really popular. Most people don't know the difference though between June and kombucha, and there is a difference. So here's the difference. Kombucha is made with black tea and sugar, while June, I have to say, might be a little bit better. It's made with green tea and honey, so no cane sugar, and you get all of the health benefits of green tea and honey in addition to the healthy acids and probiotics from the June kombucha. Not only that, but drinking June helps to support your local bee populations and helps to keep our local beekeepers in business. Dragonfly June's flavors are composed of organic, fair trade, and ethically harvested tea, organic herbs, filtered Rocky Mountain water, and local honey. So there is so much intention put into this very delicious drink that is not only good for you, but it's good for the earth. Drink June and be well. Check it out at dragonflyjune.com. June is J-U-N. And if you live in the Aspen Roaring Fork Valley, look for it on the shelves at Natural Grocers, Clark's Market, and local Aspen retail outlets. Now it's time for Brett Denon. Brett Denon. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the new podcast so it's called the podcast is called the art of living extraordinarily Mm -hmm. and I've been talking to people about basically how did they come to have a dream like how did that hit them Mm -hmm. and then how did they actually realize it and it seems like you're a person who is living you're a singer you're a songwriter you're a musician you're an artist you're also having tremendous impact with the tours that you're doing because you're adding in so much more than most musicians are really doing okay and so I guess I want to start with how did it start for you well so I I wasn't one of those people that um from a very young age dreamt of being a rock star it was a slow thing that happened over time yeah built momentum and snowballed. It started out, I, my favorite thing to do as a kid was to go camping with my dad or with my mom and dad, family. And then when I was nine, I started going to a summer camp up in the Sierra Nevada. And it was very rustic, a lot of backpacking and just being dirty and hiking. And my idols were all camp counselors. That's awesome. Specifically... Uh, the ones who would play guitar around the campfire because I thought that was just the coolest thing to get up there. They all had long hair and they all wore hiking boots up there and played old guitars. And actually, that that I wanted to be one of those counselors more than yeah. anything. So I asked my parents for a guitar and asked for guitar lessons. And then when I was old enough to work at camp, of course, I still had that dream to be a counselor. And I got a job there, and I started, I became one of the counselors that played around the campfire. And the camp had a nice long legacy of folk songs. Mm. A lot of John Denver and nice. and Joni Mitchell and Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young. And those are the songs I learned to sing around the campfire. It kind of shaped me musically and many ways I think the most obvious ways are um, the vibe I try to create with the songs I write and the way I play 
kind kind of comes from that um, Americana folk yeah tradition. But those songs that I learned early on really informed me musically, both musically and lyrically. And so I was like playing guitar at camp, living the dream, and and uh, maybe I dreamt of being on stage, but I wasn't going after it. I was just sort of quietly dreaming. And yeah. In college, I started playing with more people, and and then I had friends that would always tell me, "You should, you need to be on stage. You should be on stage." And I think. I was lucky enough to either be dumb or have a big ego to think to believe everything they said. You know, I think it's both. Yeah. You know, I think if you want to achieve something, you have to be blind to any criticism, you Agreed. know, or tone deaf to it at least, and just keep believing in yourself. You know, yeah. Whatever it takes. So I started playing out in college, and. Uh, fell in love with being on stage and just singing, closing my eyes and singing. Do you ever get nervous when you're on stage? I do. Um, if I'm playing, a like tonight I'm going to play the belly up in Aspen. If I do that, I don't get nervous. Okay, because that's a mellow, that's like 400 people. Yeah, maybe. and it's my crowd. I know yeah. that I don't have to do anything. They're yeah. going to love me no matter what because exactly. they already paid the money. If I'm opening for somebody else, That's I get nervous. Yeah, up. or even like what I did today. Right. I wasn't really nervous, but I was a little jittery, like because I I'm playing the that. people that don't know me, and they're just there on vacation. Um, the other one is uh, TV. Yeah, I get nervous on TV when I go do like a late night talk show. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because you're playing to cameras, and then you start thinking about. All the people who are watching. Yeah. So how do you, um, what's, do you have any techniques for dealing with those nerves? No, I'm a believer that um, everything is going to be all right, no matter what, when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. I should be a believer of, like, that in terms of the bigger picture, but I'm not always good at that. But, you know, I think nerves are good. They keep you present. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they make you do better. I agree. And if you don't do better and you're just in the moment and you're having a horrible time and you're super embarrassed, it's still going to be all right. I mean, you may have like something that is uncomfortable to think about in the future, but it still keeps you grounded and it makes for one of a kind <laughs> experience. Have you ever had that experience just where... Things did not go well. and All the time. The biggest one that comes to mind was I had to fly to Australia to start a tour. And this was, I don't know, this was like almost 10 years ago, less than 10 years ago. But it was back when Apple iTunes was doing, they called them iTunes exclusives. Mm -hmm. And you, they would release your album, but then they wanted some extra material. So you'd go play at one of their Apple stores, and they'd record it. And so they were opening a store in Sydney. And I basically played a live show in Sydney right when I got off the plane. And I was, I don't know. Jet like on the Super jet lag. I was experiencing like some kind of out-of-body experience. Yeah. It was so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like on the plane I think I had like some kind of sleep paralysis because I was so sleep deprived and I had a bunch of wine and I just wasn't like in my body and I went and played the show and they recorded it and it was supposed to be for an iTunes live exclusive and it was just so bad I was like I couldn't be real I couldn't there. be present I couldn't the whole time I was playing, I felt like I was singing off key, like a step or two out. It just, and I was like on the verge of tears the whole time because oh, no. of how bad it was going. Yeah. But it didn't hold me back. So, right. you know, those things happen. Like, yeah, exactly. And then you just keep building these experiences. Right. Like how you, you need to learn how to get through that. Right. 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 You have, there's no way to avoid it. Yeah. Um, what, 
what would you say is, I mean, performing on every stage that you've performed on from big to small to the TV shows, um, is there like advice that you like tell yourself now because of everything that you've been through? Oh. Like, is there a mantra that you... Lately I have a new mantra and that is um, everything happens. Yeah. And everything comes around. Mm -hmm. And I, it might not be the best response to your answer about like um, shows specifically because I don't dwell too much on shows. Like I'm on a tour right now where yeah. I just go up on stage with no plan. And I just start playing songs, and then until I don't know what I want to play, and then I start taking requests. That sounds and good. And I don't think about that at all. I don't think about, I'm not thinking about the show at all. But I think about other things. I think about you know, creative, like when I'm writing songs, or when I'm creating an album, or when I'm about to go on a tour and there's maybe some anxiety about that or I start mm -hmm. thinking about long term like what's going to be what's going to happen in my career long term right. am I going to be you know and every like everything happens and everything comes around I've been doing it long enough now to have had some really extraordinary times and then to have some times that didn't live up to not even the slightest amount that I wanted to achieve mm -hmm. you know it just goes up and down and up and down. And if you do it long enough, everything just comes around yeah. and everything happens. So now I'm just taking everything as it comes. That's amazing. And not expecting it to be better or worse. I'm just taking it as it comes. Or at least I'm trying to. That sounds like a really good perspective. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, you just mentioned writing songs. Mm -hmm. What is that process like for you? I know that it's probably different for everybody, but yeah. creativity is such an interesting concept. And I know everyone has different views on it. How does it come to you? Well, every song comes out differently. And that, over the years, I've worked on my craft to um, develop my own style. And I've tried writing songs in every way you could. I've written out pages of lyrics and found music to go to it. I've done it the opposite way, where the music comes first. But usually, what ends up happening is, I'll say, oh, I want to write a song about half-pipe snowboarders someday. And I won't go home and write it. I'll just think about it. Mm -hmm. And maybe 10 years from now, I'll do it. Hmm. You know? And that goes for everything. Like, oh, I like this line. Like, um, what did, what was the some? What was the announcer said something really funny today about um, acclim acclimates. Acc acclimates. Acclimates. Yeah, right. right. Like some, I'll hear somebody say something like, you know, that's funny. And I want to use that in a song sometime. And I may write it down. Hmm. And I may not. I may just remember it. But mm -hmm. all those things are like, I'm gathering seeds. Yeah. Or yeah, and and sharpening my tools, yeah. sort of, and and it's almost like a quilt or something. And so I've got this bank, and then someday I'm driving down the road, or I'm, maybe I'm skiing, or on a hike, or I'm painting, or something, and one of those things will come back mm. in the form of a melody. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll be a line, or a word, or an idea that just sort of pops into my head with a melody. And that happens to me all the time, many times a day. And But they don't all get turned into songs because mm -hmm. they have to really speak to me and I have to have time to sit down with the guitar Yeah. and noodle around until uh -huh. I find something I like that I think is cool, that excites me. Most of songwriting these days is trying to impress myself with something that I haven't done before mm -hmm. or that I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it won't get finished. But yeah, you, I need space and I need time to flush ideas out. Do you, um, I mean, you said that this happens a like throughout the day, things yeah, are coming to you. all the time. Do you feel like you need to write things down I or like to. hold on to things? I used to. And even when I first got an iPhone, I was constantly 
notes in section. Making notes. But now I've taken so many notes and I've written so many little things that are lyrics or poems that never... I've done so much writing and so much note-taking and so many voice memos yeah. that... And I still do them, but now I think the cream just rises to the top. Yeah. I think if something sticks around and is memorable, yeah. then it's worthy of being becoming a song. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, and a lot of my songwriting happens without a guitar. When I, maybe I spent a day on noodling with an idea and then next thing I know I'm somewhere else and that thing comes back to me and I was like, oh, it should be this lyric. That's actually better. Oh, this might be a good chance for me to like, maybe this is that, maybe I can finally write a song about a snowboarder. This mm -hmm. is perfect. I've got a girl in a story and I don't know what she does. She's a snow, you know, it's just like yeah. perspective, like yeah. stepping away from it. And yeah. I think that's my favorite part about it. Being able to step away and have yeah, it come back to you. You feel like you're just pulling things out of thin air. Yeah. Which is the most interesting part of it. Well, what is your thought on that? Because I think, you know, what you're doing with writing songs and music, I think can be translated into what happens in sports too, like snowboarding and being in the zone. And I mean, you're a skier. Mm -hmm. So um, what is your, what are your thoughts on like when something comes to you, yeah. is that yours or is that out there in the ethers for anyone to capture? Like, do yeah, you have I think it's both. That? I think it's both. I think that there's information flying around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And if we all were to tap into it at the same time, we'd, underst we'd understand the magnitude of this um, collective conscious that we all yeah. are kind of vibrating along. Maybe mm -hmm. some people vibrate differently or choose not to listen or choose to create their own path of obstruction or whatever but I think there's something out there that connects us all like a thread or a vibration however I think that like I was saying before and you were talking about like gathering seeds I think that's where it becomes more of you in your own craft because inspiration we could both be struck by a lightning or something at the same time we mm -hmm. both see the same sunset but we would just it might be equally inspiring to both of us and we both both might say i just want to go write a poem about right. the sunset however your vocabulary might be different from mine mm -hmm. my poetic influences might be different from your poetic influences mm -hmm. your upbringing in life and the hard things you've been through are different from the hard things in my upbringing that I've been through. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like your toolbox. Yeah. You know, if you spoke Portuguese and I spoke Japanese, right, the rhythm of the, the, the cadence, the, yeah. you know, the word, it would come out completely different. So there's, it's like, I think it's more of your own, it's more perspiration than than people think mm -hmm. like and I think there's a lot of brilliant songwriters out there who say oh I don't know the song just came to me and I don't right. know it was the muse was grabbing and it just right. came out and I believe them but there's only so many words that we know it's not like yeah. I've never been struck by a muse and then wrote a song with a bunch of words I've never heard before right you know exactly so it's your experience has a lot of play in it but if you are in tune and open, there's a lot of inspiration out there that mm -hmm. can totally just grab a hold of you and mm -hmm. take you down a path that you didn't know you were ready to go down. How do you think you get there? I mean, how do you... You seem like a very in-tune type of person. Have you always been that way? Do, are there things that you do? Like this tour, you love to ski, mm -hmm. you're in nature. Um, well, yeah, certain things get me excited to play music art stories that people tell film going being outside always does it being in the presence of anything just moving and beautiful 
music inspires me. I have to be careful with music though because every time I listen to a song that I like, yeah. I immediately say, that's amazing, I want to write a song like that. Yeah. You have to be careful with that right. because you don't want to be write too much like that. like that. <laughs> but it happens all the time. I'm like, oh, I love that. How come I don't have a song with that shuffle beat? Mm -hmm. It happened today when we were standing... Um, up it the uh, half pipe in that one song. I said, "Are you gonna be my girl?" Yeah. When that song came on, I, I immediately was like, "Oh, I need to have a song like this." <laughs> <laughs> and so you have to be careful with music, but it's that way with everything. Um, talk to me about. I mean, you've really sort of blazed your own trail I think in music right like mm -hmm. you've you've taken things on your own and kind of decided like I'm gonna do it this way I'm gonna tour this way you've done it very creatively mm -hmm. um, how have you had sort of the courage to do that when there is a route that most people can take and it's like this straight and narrow yeah, and you're that kind route of stepping is out really hard that straight and narrow route is really challenging. Um, I learned long ago when I first started touring that it's easy to get stuck in a pattern. Mm -hmm. It could be a successful pattern. It could be a wildly successful pattern. I mean, at any level that you're at career-wise. But you can get stuck in a pattern of playing in the same venues, mm -hmm. in the same cities, over and over again. And that might be amazing, and it might be lucrative, and it might be a, a lot of fun, but there's so many other venues to perform in, and mm -hmm. there's so many other towns out there, and there's so many other people out there. And it's easy to get in, a, in your own psychological trap, because mm -hmm. let's say I play this theater in Philadelphia, two years ago and it was sold out and it was amazing and then I come back again two years later and there's less than half the capacity filled right right and I could be like well what the heck am I going right. yeah is it over for me I don't have no it doesn't mean you don't have an audience anymore maybe your crowd got older and they have kids and can't get a babysitter maybe they live in another town or maybe it's a Wednesday night with a lot of competition who mm -hmm. knows and so I had to start expanding my thinking that in that regard, and then once I started expanding my thinking, then I had to expand my actions and start playing in different capacities. And I've always loved like playing in the mountains, in mountain towns, so now I'm on a mountain town specific tour. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do tours like, you, we were talking on the, on the slope today about the vacationer tour that I do where I played small, crummy little dive bars and little beach towns on the East Coast just because I want to go be around those people instead of making them drive five hours to see me at some yeah. club in Boston. Right. I'd rather just come to them. Maybe they so have a cool. little bar or a like a performing arts center or something like that. And I started to feel so good when I did that. And because I noticed that I have fans everywhere mm -hmm. or an audience everywhere and that was a real big confidence boost and it just it, it just makes me feel good to be kind of like you're saying like you, there's a way that you can do it and there's a established way but sometimes you don't always fit into that way right. and sometimes there's so much more out there yeah and Along the way, I've partnered with great organizations and brought nonprofit organizations out. Talk to me about that. Okay. How did you um, start working with POW? I mean, first of all, I mean, where did the concept even come up for you to do? It's so cool. The Lift series. Mm -hmm. You're traveling around to all mountain yeah. towns yeah. and skiing. Well, and I can't call skiing. it what it really is, which is the excuse to ski tour. It's so cool, <laughs> though. It's so cool. Like, who else is doing that? You're like doing what you love, you're playing your music, uh, and now you also involve Protect Our Winters. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been, it started actually in Aspen and um, I think Park City and Telluride, I would play those places. And then I started playing them in the winter just so I could have a chance to ski all of these legendary mountains. And then quickly realized I wanted to 
make a whole tour doing that. But, um, you kind of like, I've just learned that the more you share about like what the purpose or the message is behind something, especially when I tour solo acoustically, then the more people can kind of understand why, you know, if I put up 10 shows that are all in Colorado in the winter and people are like, well, what the heck is he, he's just going skiing or people in Philadelphia might not get it. But even if they never come to a show and I say, well, I'm not just skiing, I'm doing these activations on every mountain and right. we're trying to spread knowledge about climate change and we're showing people what they can do in their own communities and in their own life, in their own homes and with their own local government, what they can do. Uh, to reverse the effects of climate change, for example, with POW. Um, even if they never come to that show, then they, then they say, oh, okay, this, this is like a concept. Yeah. You know, there's more. There's okay, so Brett likes attention. to ski, but he's also like, it's more than just skiing. And I found that to be really helpful in, in tours like this because they make it, you know... It's just another reason for people to get involved. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's a good thing, not just to sell tickets, but just to give people something more to digest and something more to get attached to. And I always say every time I go, like, I'm going to be skiing. I hope people come out and ski with me. And, you know, I hope they do. Yeah. Because it's just, it's, I think it has a lasting impact. Mm hmm I mean, you seem like your work with POW and, and these tours and then even in your songs, it's it's a lot about, um, like, I won't ever forget when we wrote up the gondola last year together uh -huh. and you played Stand Up For It. Uh -huh. people activated you're getting people involved um how like how big of a message is that to you and what well, I don't, you're doing i don't try to i don't try to do it on purpose i right. just that's what i'm into you know um and i think everybody is like i as my number one rule as a songwriter is to try to be truthful so if i'm sitting around on the couch feeling uninspired and feeling really upset about um, how like how lethargic I feel and how powerless I feel in the current state of the world and I want to be inspired to actually get up and stand up for what I believe in and that's what I'm feeling then I'm gonna write a song about it yeah or if I feel like my my community or myself included with my friends if I feel like we don't have a voice or we're all feeling something, but nobody's saying anything, then I'm going to write a song about that, too. The same way I'm going to write a song about if I feel bad about getting too drunk, or if I some funny thing happened, or, you know, whatever a song could be about. Mm -hmm. I try to, try to write it. So, um, I'm not necessarily on a mission to have a message in the song. I just 
if there's something that I believe in, and if there's something that I'm into, then why wouldn't I write a song about it? Is that sometimes um, scary though? To... It's incredibly scary. Yeah. How do you how do you face that? You know, like being vulnerable and showing people what you really are feeling and. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty picky and I hold myself to a high standard. So if I feel like the song has some good quality to it aside from the lyric and mm -hmm. like the message, if I feel like, oh, it's got a nice melody or the, the lyric or the vocal delivery is earnest or something, then I'll stand behind it. Yeah. You know, um, but oftentimes... If I feel like something is too personal or too vulnerable to release or put out there, I usually make myself put it out. Yeah. Kind of like jumping off a cliff in the water or something. Right. Like, it's like, why am I so scared about this? I think it means I have to, to put it out. You know, means and it, you it, have to. It's yeah. a sign that you have to. Yeah, and what's the worst that could happen? People don't like it. That's already happened to me. Right. You've been through that. Oh yeah. Been there, done totally. that. Totally. I've like, I've I've put my heart and soul into a song that I thought was gonna be the song that everybody loves, and then they end up loving a totally different song that I hmm. wrote in fifteen minutes. Right. So who knows? Right. You can't control. So what does it matter? That? Right. You know. You just do it. So on that note, because um, a big part of this podcast and really the life I've been living too is this idea of following your heart and being yourself. And people talk about this a lot, but sometimes people are like, what does that really mean? Like, what does it really mean to follow your heart or to be yourself? Well, I can tell you what it does mean. If you're in a situation daily could be a relationship or a job or a place you live or a town a town you live in or whatever but if you are in a situation daily where you're feeling like the the compromises are heavy or there's a weight or you notice that there's a change maybe your friends don't talk to you as much maybe you've gained weight maybe you stop doing the things that make you feel good Maybe you start a pattern of doing other things like that don't that end up making you feel maybe good for a second, but in the long run, you know, if you're waking up in the morning and you are dreading something, if you're waking up in the night and you're thinking about something and you're stressing out, um, that's not following your heart. I mean, because there's good, there can be good stress, right? There can right. Be, you know, if you're following, if you're doing some, you know, if you're worried about your children or something, that might right. be good stress. Right. Um, but all those things I just described, that's not following your heart. That's following somebody else's, I don't know what. Agenda. Agenda, mm -hmm. sure. Living up to what you think people want you to be or what people really want you to be or I don't know but some not your own truth um, following your heart is when you're just doing when you're happy if you're just happy and you're like everything you do is serving that happiness mm -hmm. whether it's for yourself or for others um, that's that's following your heart. And that's not an easy thing to do. Some people have no idea what it means to follow their heart. Um, and of course, it's different for everybody. For me, it was doing something that I was good at. Mm. Something, and I've always been an artist. I've always felt like comfortable being a creative person mm -hmm. so and I've been through um, many years like wondering what I'm going to do with my life and thinking oh maybe I should be a teacher or maybe I should I like being outside maybe I could be a landscape artist or a park ranger or something and maybe those all would have been great things but 
I think I'm happiest when I'm creating. Yeah. And But talk about, there's this quote out there, because this is on the flip side of what you're talking about. Because when you're doing what you love, I agree with you, it's everything you do is sort of giving you this happiness, but at the same time, and here, this is a question, there's a quote out there, and it goes something like this, um, if you do what you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Yeah. Do you agree with that? No, not at all. Uh, thank you. Because it's kind it's of torture true. doing what you love too, because... Especially when you're like dependent on like a certain outcome. Like I put the most pressure on myself. Like I said before, I'm good at going, okay, well, if people don't come to my show, then I'm not going to take it too personally. I've gotten right. good at that. Yeah. But on the more creative side, like if my happiness depends on my creative output and the quality of my creative output, right? that is a slippery slope that I've fallen into lots yeah. of times. So I'm trying to learn how to just not um, be too attached to the work. And if I write a song that doesn't please me like other ones have, it doesn't matter. I'll write another one. I'll keep going. But the never work a day thing is BS because... I mean, traveling, yeah. sleeping on Talk floors. Talk about the unglamorous like, side of being a rock star. Yeah, it's not glamorous. I mean, it could, sure, I'm it sure is. it has its moments. Right. But it's amazing to be on stage, but that's only an hour and or then an hour and a half the a times day. You're hustling. You're, you're hustling, all the many, yeah, all the, what it takes to get to a place. Um, the times where you've had to... Be the only one who believes in you. Mm -hmm. um, standing on the edge of everything and, and nothing all at once and not knowing if you're going to be okay or safe. Facing criticism, mm -hmm. judgment, all of that is, uh, is not easy. But if you enjoy playing music and that's so much fun, then yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. And if you're working for yourself and me, I'm like motivated by the music. I want to write a song. It's never going to happen, but I want to write a song that I love so much that I love just as much as a song that Van Morrison wrote or Paul Simon wrote, like my heroes. Mm -hmm. It's never going to happen for me. Maybe it happens for other people. Like maybe I write a song that they like just yeah. as much as I like those other songs. Right. But that's what I'm driven by. Yeah. The feeling I get when I hear a song that I just love. Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be in that, whatever that is, that world. I want to be in that. But it's it's a struggle. I mean, I've gotten depressed. It's not... It's not easy. Yeah. But it's worth it. It's totally worth it. But it's not like a nine to five. You can't just, you, you can't avoid taking your work home with you. You can't check out. No, it's cause, <laughs> And you know, it can be, it can alienate people from you. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're obsessed. Mm -hmm. Like if you get obsessed with what you do, it's hard for other people to be around. Do you think you have to have that? No. Obsessive quality? Mm -mm. I don't. I think it. I think that's one way to make a life for yourself doing what you love is to be obsessed, but it's not the only way. Mm -hmm. I think it's totally... It's unsustainable way, maybe? I think it's totally possible to be wildly successful and be just a well-rounded, balanced person who's in a great relationship, that's yeah. never had any problem... Great communication, you know, it's just different for everybody. Yeah. You know, the thing is that's, you know, kind of my situation, but certainly more so for a lot of other people, is I got into making art <clears throat> because I have problems with all that other stuff. Right. I have problems communicating. Right. I have problems being intimate and being close with people. Um, have problems opening up and you know sharing um, I 
it's just I always was the, that dr- different kid. And what is different and what is normal? Who knows? But I was always that kid that when I was with a group of people, I was always wondering what everybody's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wasn't just totally comfortable. Right. And even when I started making people laugh and being the center of attention, wasn't necessarily doing that just because that's what I was natural at. It was right. more my way of trying to fit in. Right. And so with art and music, that grew mm-hmm. out of it. And I think that's true for a lot of artists. I think so, too. And a lot of any extreme lifestyle. Absolutely. Yours included. Um, it's just a way of gaining acceptance. Mm-hmm. and But it's also finding something that you're good at. And it feels so good to be good at something. Mm-hmm. It feels tremendous. And to be recognized for that. And it comes with praise. It comes with acceptance and belonging. It comes with purpose. But it also comes with that flow state or that in-the-zone state you're talking about, which is a drug. It is such a rewarding experience to be in total control and just achieving everything that you're trying to do in the moment and, and holding the attention of other people. It's... It's a it's a meditation. Mm-hmm. It's 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 wonderful. Would you say, um, like that that younger you uh-huh. that was trying to to gain acceptance and was having a hard time communicating and being vulnerable and opening up? Have I mean you are now in a relationship? You're can we say it? Sure. You're about, you're going to have a baby. Uh Like you've, you've become this well-rounded person. So Uh are you still like sourced from that place or it's, it never goes away. It never goes away. No, no, because now, because when you start to have other things going on in your life, then writing songs becomes the only thing that you can control. Hmm. Like, it's how I make space for myself. It's like a little room that's all mine that I go inside Mm -hmm. where rhymes and melodies live or something, or at least, you know, it's just, it's like a man cave. So it never goes away. I mean, I can, I can, and, and I think there's a fear that a lot of songwriters have that, if their life is too balanced and there's no struggle, right. they're well, not, they have it. They're not gonna have. But there's right. just so many things to write about. You yeah. can just stop. Stop writing songs about your broken heart. Yeah. Write a song about somebody else's broken heart, or why don't you write a song about a, all the pain that's out there in the world that's not yours? You know? Yeah. So. It's it's it it never but it never stops. Last question. Okay. Because I know you got to get going. Um, what advice, what wisdom do you know now that you would go back and tell young Brett oh Denon? It's not even wise. It's the same thing that any older person says to a younger person, which is, don't worry about it. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right. I mean, I used to sit and think, well, if I don't get this, if I don't have four albums out by the time I'm 30, or five albums out by the time I'm 30, I'm never going to be recognized as a great artist. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or if right. I you know, if right. I don't do this, if I get on, if I, if, you know, if Dave Matthews asked me on tour... I need that to happen because then I can do in my own tour and I can get all his fans. And my, it just, it, I mean, that is such a, that's the worst way to it's think. It's the mind. It's your yeah, mind. Yeah, but like, what do I know? I don't right. know how the music industry works back then. I don't right. know what's going to lead, one thing's going to lead to another. Like, right. all you can, if you're going to put, and I know everybody's going to make the same mistakes I am, so it's it's kind of like, it's not really worth it to tell anybody. But the, the more thing you can is, hear it. yeah. But the thing that is important for people to hear is, is to just be yourself and find a way to, to do what you do in your own unique way that's true to you, and just do it a lot. Mm. 
And don't worry if you feel like you're not doing it at all. Just do it as much as you can. Just write as many songs as you can. Play as many shows as you can. Because there's a process of discovery that happens along the way. You discover yourself and you get more in touch with who you are and the talents that you have and the voice that you have to share. And more people discover you mm. along the way. And that's really, that's the only thing that's in your control. Everything else is out of your control. Everything else is just a game of an opportunity presents itself and what do you take it and how do you capitalize on it. But mm -hmm. you can't make an opportunity, even if you think you can. Even if, like, oh, uh, you know, um, who's a famous musician? I don't know. Pink. Pink is right over there. I gotta walk up to her and tell her I'm a musician and, you know, give her my CD. Like, don't stress out about stuff like that. You can't yeah. really create those opportunities. All you can do is just build your own following. And if you're lucky enough and you get some big breaks, then take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. But just keep believing in yourself and keep doing the work. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. That was The Art of Living Extraordinarily, defined by Brett Denon. I hope that you took away some gems that will help you along your way. I know that I have. If you want to follow Brett, all of his social media, website, and albums are under his name, Brett Denon. B-R-E-T-T-Denon, D-E-N-N-E-N. He's just released a new EP called Let's, uh, which he's named because the word is inviting. He says these songs are about belonging and finding a place to belong. Life is better with friends, so his message is this, let's get together and be better. He's planning to release a second EP sometime in August. So with that, he's touring a lot. You can check out his new music and tour schedule on his website. He's also going on tour with Jason Mraz starting in July. So go get yourself signed up for his newsletter and get some tickets too. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe, give us a rating, and please submit comments around what you've been hearing and what you want to hear more of. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time. Bye-bye, I'm already